Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and how we should live and make decisions. And when even the experts sound convincing, but they disagree, how do we cut through the noise? And when information overload leaves us frustrated, how do we sift through it all and choose what governs our lives? Well, our leadership here at Grace has been processing and praying about these things, and we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Jeff, how yes. we doing, buddy? Good, how are you? <laughs> so if you're listening, I actually just paid him back a little bit. So as I was going through our intro, he's over there mocking me I was in doing motions. motions. I was doing yeah, motions. If you're watching this, you got the bonus uh, feature how there. How do we press through these issues <laughs> in our lives? <laughs> and as he goes to grab a drink of coffee, I'm like, Jeff, how we doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So very, very good. Well, again, it's good to be with you guys today, Jeff. Good to sit across the table from you. Uh, We have uh, had some great questions come in lately, and today we're going to get into another one. Our listener asks this, how do I follow political leadership that goes against my beliefs? Mm. So they say in regards to some of the series we've done over this last year, it seems like Uh, For me, as Christ followers, we're trying to serve something like a Babylon. And why would we do that if it's going in the opposite of what we believe and wages war on our souls? So how do we navigate that, Jeff? Well, that is a great question. And um, uh, this is is how I would begin to answer that. I would reframe the premise. Mm. So I would say... We don't follow and serve political leadership. We follow and serve Christ and Christ alone. Uh, Political leadership is a governmental system that we participate in and we are ruled by. Um, And that's a, a different question. Right, so if I'm following a leader, I have to know that leader, trust that leader, leader believe in that leader, or I'm not following them. Uh, I think John Maxwell, I'm not sure, so if I'm wrong, forgive me, but I think he said, if you wanna know if you're a leader or not, turn around and look and see if anybody's following you. Sure. So, um, as a Christ follower, I would say we follow Christ and we follow other people as they follow Christ. So you, if you're a child, you might follow a father. If you're a, an adult, you might follow a life group leader or a pastor or something like that. But you're always asking the question in your fellowship, are they following Christ? So even here at Grace, if, you, if, if I have the privilege of being your pastor or Joe's your pastor, um, if we suddenly were like, you know what we should do? Uh, we should take all the money and we should buy a, uh, a private jet and build a golden statue of Jeff Bogue. Like, you should immediately quit following us, <laughs> right. right? So you're, you're looking and saying, I follow Christ. The, those people are elders or pastors or authority figures or older people and they fo- they're following Christ so they help Jesus make sense to me. So if you if you ask me like Jeff, do you follow who's your political leader? I would say I don't have one. Um, uh, what what uh, what do you cheer for politically? I'm, I would be like not much. Um, if you said who's your governmental official, I would say well President Biden is our president. Mm-hmm. 
And then if you ask the question, um, how do we live under President Biden? And I would say, well, as Christ followers. So, uh, and before President Biden, it was President Trump, it was President Obama, it was President Bush, you know, just go back to your favorite. And uh, how, how did you live as a Christ follower under President Trump, mm-hmm. who was our last president? And I would say, um, well, as a Christ follower, there's parts of what President Trump pushed and did and believed and acted that um, I can agree with or participate in, and my conscience is clear because it either doesn't affect my relationship with Christ or it's within his purview as a ruler and authority to make that decision. That's my answer about President Biden. That's my answer about President Obama. My answer about President Bush. I'm not looking to any of these men for salvation, Mm -hmm. nor do I expect them uh, to be a passionate pursuer of Jesus Christ unless they have said that they are and then I might hold them to that because that's their own public declaration, right? So I think that's a big distinction is I'm not looking to be led by them. Um, If that was the case, then the commandments of scripture would apply completely differently to people in France or uh, Central African Republic, right? Because because, well, they have different leaders, they have different governmental processes. Yep. And I'm like, nah, that's not the way that works. Like we all follow one, I have a king, his mm-hmm. name is Christ, he's on his throne. Um, and I have his his directives and they are the thing that drives and defines my life. To the point that I'm able, I submit to the earthly authority that's in front of me. So Ro- Romans 13 is the passage on this that, that, that everybody should read and look at and and wrestle with a little bit. And uh, what the scripture is clear about is that God establishes governments and he establishes authority. He raises up kings and kingdoms and he tears them down. So God is sovereign. Even when your team isn't in the White House, uh, God is sovereign. Um, So it doesn't really matter which side of the political aisle you're on. Um, And God is in that process of nations. God sees nations, he guides nations, etc. But he's doing all of that for his purposes and to build his kingdom. Those nations, in many ways as a Christ follower, it's irrelevant which earthly nation I'm a part of because I'm a citizen of heaven. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have a political cause? Do you have a political, uh, somebody was just asking me, uh, I guess it was, yeah, it was yesterday. They were asking me, should Christians be in politics? I said, sure, it's a vocation. Mm So I think Christians should be in construction, I think they should be in medicine, I think they should be in whatever vocation you're in, but does the vocation form you or do you form the vocation? So I think of politics and government as vocational. Mm -hmm. I don't think of it as defining to me. It's not your identity. It's not my identity as a follower of Christ. I have a higher identity. That's awesome. I think that's, I hope that like, 
those of you listening that resonate with that question are really trying to soak that in. Now, Jeff, you mentioned a couple of things about God, that he establishes the authorities that's there in Romans 13, and that he's also sovereign. Do those two things, that God is establishing authorities and that he is sovereign, does that mean that he approves of all the things that leaders would say and do? No, absolutely not. So there, in the scripture, there are godly kings and wicked ones, godly nations and wicked nations. And then there's also all kinds of nations, like if, if Babylon is wicked and Israel is godly, there's all the other nations that existed mm-hmm. that just aren't mentioned in the comparison, right? Sure. So there, there's this spectrum of things. And so the way that the government and how it interacts with my life is this, is there are things the government does that they have the right to do they they have the authority to do and i should submit to it um so the bible would say that they don't bear the sword for nothing so the police officer has the right to tell me not to do 90 and a 55. Uh, the police officer has the right to say you robbed a bank now you're under arrest right god put them in authority for that the the president has the right to defend the nation, right, and to use the military um, for righteous purposes. So I, I don't, uh, when we're talking about like um, being greedy or being power hungry, it's a different discussion. But when you're talking about like um, uh, the, the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor, the president who was a Democrat mm-hmm. uh, had the right to like defend our, our nation, right? So that's one thing. So there are certain things that the government has. The government has the biblical right to set laws. They have the right to protect. They have the right to govern, right, and, and bring about order. In our system, we have the right to disagree with that, and we have the right to try to change it. Mm. So <clears throat> if there's a law, if there's prohibition in the 30s, and we disagree with that, we have the right to push back on that, and we are not um, violating the authority of the government because our system allowed for it, right? So that's one thing. The government also does a lot of mundane things, and, and it is what leads to an orderly society who decided that in the United States we were gonna drive on the right side of the road and on the, in the UK they're gonna drive on the left? Uh-huh. It's a mundane decision. Like somebody decided so that we could drive, right? <laughs> you know, et cetera, right? There, there's quite a few things like that. The government also has the, the biblical right to enact laws that uh, ensure biblical principles. So murder, assault, rape, things that would damage a human being. The Mm -hmm. government has the right to say no. Mm -hmm. This one will get maybe an email or two. Um, Polluting the environment. Mm. Like as a Christ follower, we are called to be stewards of the environment. So I don't have to be an environmental radical to believe that we should, you know what, we should, pick up our toxic waste and there was let, let's drill the the oil well this way so we don't have a spill right right so the government has the right for all those things 
where the government crosses the bounds, goes out of bounds biblically, is when they legislate or mandate immorality or things that are in direct defiance of God. And that's where the, I think that's what the, our listeners actually asking is like, what do we do about that? And I would say uh, there's two, two or three things. One, um, within our system of government, we would push back. So there is a, uh, uh, a pro-choice lobby and there's a pro-life lobby. We would fight that, right, mm-hmm. politically. We would be like, no, we're pro-life, abortion, infanticide is immoral. It is, a, it is one of the clearest signs of a godless nation in the scripture and we're gonna politically we're gonna push back on that and we're going to uh, speak out against it there's other times that we would simply not acknowledge right so um, uh, if somebody said um, uh, I uh, we are two men and we are married because the government said so I would look and say Marriage is not a declaration of the government. Hmm. That's not their right biblically. Well, you have to acknowledge our marriage. I won't because the government was acknowledging biblical marriage. They changed it. I'm not participating in that change, right? Um, And there will be lots of other issues like that where we would look in as Christ followers and say that decision or that legal uh, outlet is so clearly against the the mandates of Scripture. I won't participate or I will push back on it. The last category of that then is when the government would say, well, you're going to participate. And now I have to be willing to endure persecution. Uh, I don't see anywhere in Scripture where Christians are called to take up arms and, and fight the government. The one guy with a concealed carry weapon in the Scripture, when Jesus was arrested, pulled a knife, cut off the, the temple guard's ear, and Jesus rebuked him and healed the guard. Right. What I saw when Peter, Paul, Silas, were Jesus were told, you will stop preaching, they just kept doing it. And then they went to prison. And then Paul especially, he used the Roman legal system to make his case more and more public, right? So he was like, fine, but Paul spent all kinds of time in prison. Uh, John the Baptist went to prison for proclaiming the Messiah. It, it, you know, uh, Peter and Silas went to prison for those kind of things. They they um, they ignored and did what God said to do, anyways. The step before that, I'm going to ignore and do what God said to do any anyways, and pressure maybe politically in our system. And right now, our government allows us to do that. If they change that rule, then the church has to be willing to be persecuted because we are governed by the law of God above all things. <coughs> now, this, this 
next follow-up question kind of might mess with our understanding a little bit, and that's why I want to ask it. Like, if the if the government that either we might in the future have to um, listen to or we would be under, or even current governments around the world that maybe are kind of already mm-hmm. anti-biblical, um, when, when governments hit that point, does that mean that there's something off or wrong with God since he allowed that leadership to be in charge? No, that's, that's a really fascinating question, man, because um, God, <laughs> the church is at its finest when it's under persecution. Yep. And so when you look at the book of Acts, you know, the Holy Spirit comes down, the church is birthed, the gospel just runs wild through Jerusalem, and then persecution came. And when persecution came, the church scattered for their lives, but wherever they went, they proclaimed the gospel. Mm -hmm. So they weren't running away from pain. They were looking for opportunities to be more effective. (laughs) And so that's where like that truth of God governs us above all. This is where I get a little bit um, conflicted at times with uh, Christ followers and the government. I'll watch Christ followers be become very impassioned about gun control or very impassioned about uh, the government putting limits on our freedoms through COVID and shutdowns and things like that. Uh, very impassioned about those things. They are not very impassioned about the gospel. Mm. And so they're, they're willing to go to jail to get their, you know, their whatever back opened or to have a concealed weapon, but they they wouldn't be willing to go for the sake of the gospel. And and I think I think that's what happens in persecution. I think clarifies your passions. Mm-hmm. So the things that we care a lot about are the things that shoot our blood pressure up. The things that we care little about are things that we think of as um, obligations or inconveniences. So I watched, uh, not anybody in particular, I don't mean it this way, but I I watched lots and lots of people fight the COVID restrictions to go to the movies or to do something with a business. And and I understand all that, you know, Heidi and I own businesses and that stuff affected us. I watched them rage and protest and march on Columbus and march on Washington. I didn't see them doing that to come to church. Right. Or to be in life group. And I'm like, guys, that like that should probably tell you something. Like I, I watched them step out in boldness to how dare you do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I don't I don't ever see you share your faith. And I and I I don't want to be condescending or even condemning. I'm just like isn't that kind of telling? And that's what persecution does, right? Where where I'll go to um I'll go to uh to to the to the the ground um because I'm upset about a political process, but I wouldn't do that for the soul of somebody else. And that's the stuff I think we have to keep in check, right? So there's there's a lot of if you take if you take following Christ out of the North American context and you put it in China and you put it in North Korea and you put it in Iran, which is where the church is growing the fastest right now, 
they're not asking any question involving how do we elect the right guys and how do we keep our our rights intact. Mm-hmm. They're asking how do we advance the gospel? Does the church have to be underground? Can we do this? How do we see what I'm saying? They're they're singularly minded. Mm-hmm. Persecution reveals all of that and and it helps all of that and it actually what's ironic is when the gov when a government persecutes the church all they did was empower it and speed up the church's proclamation of the gospel yeah one of the really cool things you said it clarifies our passions the the phrase that was coming to my mind is it elevates what's our priority and uh it made me think of that story from years ago where the guy was stuck on a mountain and he had to cut his arm off to save his life yeah it's like he had a decision is my arm more important is my pain tolerance more important or is my life more important and when that persecution hits the church when it hits the believer suddenly what it does is it actually shines a beacon to the rest of the world that there's actually something greater than this political and governmental struggle that we're in, there's even something greater than my life that's worth pursuing and going after, and that's Jesus. If if a government wanted to make a church ineffective and Satan does want to make the church ineffective, what they would do is give the church plenty of money, make sure the people of the church had plenty of freedom and money and options, and they would make it so that the people of the church could pay homage to Jesus but pour their life into their own pursuits. Mm. That, that would be the, the easiest way to make a church absolutely irrelevant. I think that that's um, – the reverse of that is something that we saw from time to time last year during the height of COVID was – people that their lives had generally been fine like you said they had enough money to get do the things that they wanted to do and whatever when their life got turned upside down and suddenly that they're like oh i need god and Mm -hmm. so i think what you're what you're telling us what you're describing to us is when things are fine when things are coasting when there is no struggle whatsoever the human nature the flesh's response is not to turn to christ it's just to live in whatever we want to do live whatever we want to do and, and just for clarity, I don't think COVID is persecution. Right, nope. I don't think Democrats are persecution. I don't think Republicans are persecution. Nope. I also think our nation, um, we're a leading propagator of infanticide. We're the number one exporter of uh, pornography. We're the one number one exporter of materialism. We, we've exported that across the globe. We have legalized immorality, and we're trying to legalize it more. Um, that is a path of a of a wicked nation, and I and I think as Christ followers, we have to understand that. And and should we fight it? I'm like, well, yeah, within the systems, and and if you have passions, and and you have a vocation, and you have, I think all that's fine. I don't think any of that's a sin. Should you be defined by it? Uh, because I tell you something, you, we spend hours and hours and hours on the news, on talk radio, on podcast, five minutes a day, reading your Bible. If you're committed. I, See what I'm saying? We're being discipled by the wrong thing. And 
that's what gets exposed. It, my, mm-hmm. my friend, he said, that, he said, what COVID did was call your bluff as a disciple. Hmm. And I'm like, that's a really, good, a really good thing. It also called churches bluffs. You know, and and um, and my trust and all those kind of things are, are called into play. So there is a point where we must ignore the government. There is a point where we must not be defined by the government. There is a point where the government's job is to create order in our society, and there is a point that God uses the government in righteous ways. And as a Christ follower, we're observing all that. We're not defined by it. We're observing all that. And that's what I mean by we're not, I'm not, we're not following that. We're outside of it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we shouldn't participate. Doesn't mean it's a dishonorable vocation. It just means that that's all that that is. Yeah. What a great landing prayer point to maybe ask ourselves as we're listening to this. Am I following the government or am I truly following Christ and allowing the government to have its appropriate place? And so I hope that as you go to the Lord uh, today, this week, that that's something that you really wrestle with and find the answer. And I hope that you recommit or commit to following Christ above all else. Well, if you have questions that you'd like to be uh, raised here on Mixed Messages, you can do that at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you take any unique next steps in your faith, we'd love to do that. You can always join us on the weekend here if you're in the Akron area in person, or of course, you can join us online as well. Um, Feel free to subscribe, to follow us, uh, to rate our podcast. We'd love if you would do that. And of course, as we continue to navigate all this, we're grateful that you would jump in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. We'll see you next time.